You're listening to the Renovation Student Ministry Podcast. For more information on RSM, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our Greenville teaching pastor, Matt Humphrey. Let's recap real quick. So bring me up to speed. Um, y'all been talking about relationships, right? Okay. Somebody shout out. Would y'all talk about week one? Look at this, front row people. Y'all notice that? Front row people, front row answers. All right. Talk about relationships with your parents. What about week two? Friends, friends. friendships. What about? They're sacrificial. Somebody's reading the notes. I love it. Hey, if you're on the front row, at least act like it, right? Um, <laughs> we established that friends are kind of a big deal, right? Friendships are important, right? Uh, a pastor once said, he said, look, show me your friends and I'll tell you where you're going to be in five years, right? Because you're like, I don't want to be where they're at. There's, there's an evaluation that has to take place. Now, think back to kindergarten, first grade, second grade, all right? Now, do you remember when your mom had another mom friend and they had a kid the same age as you? What happened to y'all? you instantly became friends, right? It was like an arranged friendship. Let me, let me tell you something real quick, all right? Guess what? You're not in first grade anymore. You get to pick your own friends. Because think about this. If friendships are important, if, if, if the people that you hang around shape the course of your life, right? You think about highs and lows in your life, Friends are usually around. If they do that and, and we don't have to like have arranged friendships and where we get to pick, then we should probably have some kind of evaluation standards, right? We should, because I, I look back on my life and I have some friends that I'm friends with still that uh, were not a great influence on me. They were actually a really, really bad influence on me. And I think it's by God's grace that I moved from Louisiana to South Carolina because of that. Like, I'll tell you one simple story, but uh, we found out about a month or two after we left that um, these are my brother's friends, uh, is that they, they pull pranks all the time. Now, I'm not advocating this. I'm not soliciting this. I'm not endorsing this. I'm saying, hey, learn from dumb, okay? That's what you're hearing me say tonight. They decided in their brilliant teenage minds, you know what would be really funny? We should go to one of those drive-thrus. Like, you know the ones that have drive-thrus on both sides, like the checkers? One person driving, the other person should moon the people at the drive-thru. And they thought it was so funny after they did it the first time, they decided to do it a second time. And when they did a second time, guess who else showed up to the party? The police. And as they're driving down the road and get pulled over, guess who passes them on the side of the road while they're getting pulled over? None other than their parents. <laughs> and I hear this story and I'm like, I love you guys, but you're idiots. Why would you do that? If, if not only why would you do that, but why would you do it a second time? That's just dumb. And, and, and the reality is, I hope that I wouldn't have been involved in that if I still lived there. But here's the deal, friends, the friends you and I choose. This isn't just when you're seven or when you're 17, this is when you're 77. The friends you choose will show up to shape the course of your life. 
Proverbs 12, 26 says, the righteous choose their friends carefully, right? We want to be there at camp. But the way of the wicked leads them astray. 1 Corinthians 15, 13, don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. Look, I, I get it, all right? I moved around a lot growing up. I was the new kid in school numerous times. Making friends is hard, is it not? It's hard. Or you go through friendship drama, like it's, it's hard work. But one, we established in week one that we are designed to be relational, right? God in his nature, the Trinity is relational. In the beginning, God created everything. Everything was good except for man was alone. Designed us with this need for community. The best version of you and of you and of you and of you is not somewhere on a deserted island doing the whole Wilson thing. You guys have never seen that movie and I just aged myself. If you haven't seen Castaway, see it. It's incredible. All right. That's not the best version of you. The best version of you is inside the context of godly community. So here's our first fill in the blank tonight. Is that solid friendships need a common bond, not interest. They need a common bond, not an interest. Um, who, who growing up was super into Pokemon cards? <laughs> All right. Who, who made some lasting friendships because of your Pokemon cards? Or your Beanie Babies? That was before y'all too. Whoa, sorry, I had a nerve over here. All right, show of hands. Who is still best friends with those people that you were really into Pokemon and, and Tamagotchis or, or Beanie Babies? Okay, this is a new thing. Is it a new thing? Is it a new Beanie Baby thing? Okay. But here's the deal. Friendships, what I have experienced in my life is that the friendships that I have seen and even in my life and in the life of others that are based around a common interest, what happens as you get older? Your interests change. And when you have a friendship that's based solely on an interest that, hey, we do this thing together or we, we, we are involved in this sport together or we do this, guess what happens? When you don't do that anymore, if there's not an actual bond of a relationship there, a friendship, a deep communal thing, guess what happens? That friendship's gone. Now, I know that you thought you'd be bros for life because of like first grade, uh, uh, I don't know, trading cards on the playground, whatever it was. Red Rover, who knows? Like you thought that was gonna be the bond for life, but I'm telling you, great lasting friendships, they're not built on interest. They're not just built on a common thing because what I've also seen is that there are some bad interests that friendships are built on and people go down a bad path. And in my life, there was, there was times where I was on a bad path and there was a lot of friends that I thought would stick forever. But when I decided to get on the right path, guess what? They didn't come. The relationships, the friendships were built off of interest and not a common bond. So, Okay, they're important. You're telling me that, Matt, right? Friends are important. My life is gonna be steered by the direction of my friends. The direction they're going, I'm gonna go with them. So what do we do? If it's important, well, then we, we need some tools. We need some resources. We need some evaluation standards. We need some, 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 some screens, some mesh to, to evaluate whether someone's a friend or not. So uh, three qualities of a good friend. We're gonna go through these. Uh, first thing, <clears throat> is that character persuades more than charisma. Character persuades more than charisma. 
Because everybody wants to be with a friend who's funny, right? The friend who always is cutting jokes, making everyone laugh. But what persuades your life more? What is, what is a quality that you should look for in a friendship? One word answers. Character. What, what kind of character? What? Godly. It's great. You're in church. It's a good answer. Honest. Ooh. Wise. Loyalty. Well, yeah. Ditto. You about to say something? What? Trust. Yes. Spiritual character. Honest. You said that one? Orange shirt. All that and more. Dude, I like that. Infinity. Infinity, your mom. All right. Um, respect. Here's, here's a couple. Consistency. Are they the same person around you as they are around other groups of people? Now, let me, let me, let me pull the curtain back, all right? Chasing after acceptance always ends in rejection. So if you have to change who you are in order to gain a friendship that's built on mistrust, that's built on, on things that aren't real, consistency is, hey, they're the same person. It doesn't matter who they're around. Maybe they're a little bit more polite when they're around their mom. But other than that, they're the same person at school as they are at home. They're the same person on the football field as they are uh, texting back and forth. Consistency reveals character. Who are they consistently? Honesty. Honesty is a big one, right? No one wants a friend that you can't trust what they say. Or more than that, when you tell them something, you can't trust that they're not going to say it. We've had friends like that. Respect. How well do they respect other people? Not just like, hey, respect your teacher and be quiet or like respect the person who's on stage teaching right now. Uh-huh. Shh. But how do they respect like the value of other people? How do they respect their parents when their parents aren't around? Look, I told on some of the dudes uh, in, the, in the dating relationship series, figure out how he, if, how he talks to a mom is how he's gonna talk to you. So if he trashes his mom, if he talks to his mom like she's a piece of garbage, guess what he's gonna teach, teach she like, right? How do they respect people? Because here's an indication. How well somebody sits under authority is an indication of how they're gonna handle authority when they get it one day. So you wanna, you wanna be a good boss? Guess what? Be a great employee. All right, that one's for free. Uh, forgiveness. We all need forgiveness. When you mess up, do they hold it over your head as like a you owe me? Or do they give you the grace in which you deserve? How do they forgive? Proverbs 27, 19, a face is reflected in water. So the heart reflects the real person. All right, if you have your Bibles with you, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 18. Uh, Gabe kind of hit on this a little bit. We're gonna dive in a little bit deeper because we're gonna look at a good friendship in, in, in the Bible tonight. Uh, 1 Samuel 18, uh, remember David, right? David who killed Goliath, David who's king. Uh, right after, we're gonna pick up the story, right after young shepherd David has killed Goliath, uh, there's a relationship that's formed. Um, he starts serving under Saul, who was the leader at the time. And Saul had a son named Jonathan. 
And there's this great depiction of a biblical, godly, supportive friendship in Scripture. First Samuel 18, chapter, First Samuel 18, verse 1. It says, after David finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond. It didn't say interest, did it? It said there was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with God, or with David, because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David, together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. Now here's, here's where it gets interesting. Because these two form really quickly uh, a, a great friendship. Now, um, you've ever been over to one of your friend's house and like the sibling gets in trouble, Right? And it's one of those awkward moments because mom or dad is disciplining the other kid or even disciplining your friend and like you don't know what to do. You're just like, has anyone ever been to that? Is that not awkward? Okay, now let's take the awkwardness up a few levels. Let's say you're at a friend's house and their parents start disciplining you. Okay, even further, let's say that your friend's parents tried to kill you. I know, you're like, that, Matt, that's dumb, that's crazy. Guess what just happened? Saul, Jonathan's dad, starts going crazy. He starts thinking, he sees David getting success when he goes out to war. Remember, Gabe wrote the song that Saul has his thousands, but David has his ten thousands, remember that? Right? They start singing songs about David. Saul gets jealous he throws a spear at David. That, that's talking about like some counseling for that relationship now, right? Not just once, but a couple of times. And every time, Saul just, I mean, David just like jukes him and just heads out. Saul ends up chasing after David for years in the wilderness with an army trying to kill him. You're gonna think friendship's over, right? Hey, dude, my dad doesn't just not like you. He's trying to kill you, bro. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Jonathan was in this unique spot because Jonathan honored his dad, even though his dad acted dishonorably, and also honored his friend who had done nothing wrong. Jonathan was a godly man. Jonathan was, was caught in the middle between all of this um, and continued to love David, vouched for David's character to his dad. He's like, dad, David's done nothing wrong. Second thing, second characteristic, a mutual unselfishness. A mutual unselfishness. Um, years ago, my wife uh, with her work had a trip to go to Boston. And so uh, me and my two kids at the time, we tagged along. It was awesome. She worked and I had, uh, this is when my Carson, who's in RSM, he's sick tonight, is at home. But he, uh, he was in the, I had one of those double strollers, like front and back. Uh, Jude was just a baby. And, uh, and so I just pushed them in a double stroller. We went around Boston. We saw everything. Like we got to go to a, a Red Sox game, go to Fenway Park. That was awesome. We walked around the streets. But my, my kid's favorite thing, Carson's favorite thing to do in the entire city of Boston was feed ducks. I'm like, dude, we can do this at home. He's like, no, he wanted to feed him. So I went to the convenience store. I got a whole loaf of bread. I did this twice. He goes out and he's like, 
He sees the big loaf of bread and he's just chucking, he's just making it rain bread. He's throwing like half loaves. He's like, I'm like, dude, break it up smaller pieces. One, duck may die because he's going to eat the whole thing, get it lodged right here, you know? So break it up into smaller pieces and also like make it last. We don't have to go through this thing in four minutes. So we're breaking the bread. He's having a time of life. He's feeding these ducks. Ducks are swimming from across the pond coming up. They're like, dude, party over here. It's like, you know, there's white bread just falling from the sky. So they're gobbling up all these ducks and we get towards the end of the loaf, right? And I'm like breaking up in smaller and smaller pieces because I know what's gonna happen, right? And as soon he's he's like, these friends, these ducks are gonna love me for the rest of my life. You know, they're my friends. And What's interesting is as soon as the last morsels of bread were on the ground and gobbled up, the ducks kind of look at you like, is that it? Bro, you know? And then they hang out for a minute and then they turn around and they leave. As soon as the bread ran out, guess what? They no no longer were your friends. Now, here's the truth. A good lasting friendship requires two people being unselfish. Because there's relationships, if you're having to give and give and give and give and give and give and give of your attention and give of your time and give of your effort and give your energy and you're the only one giving birthday presents or or Christmas presents or whatever, you give and 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 there's nothing reciprocal, usually the moment you stop giving, the friendship ends. Why? Because it wasn't built off of mutual unselfishness, right? We're to outdo one another in showing honor and serving and loving. So relationships have to be two-way streets. Great friendships. Hey, there's seasons for everything. There's seasons where, hey, you're gonna be supporting the other friend. There's gonna be seasons where you're you're doing this, but it has to be uh, mutual unselfishness. Third thing, this one's important. They make you better, not just make you feel better. A good friend doesn't just make you feel better. Okay, I like your outfit, nice shoes. No, a real friend makes you better. Hey, bro, your breath stanks. I love you. Brush them, okay? Like, a real friend doesn't just say, yeah, sounds like a great relationship, jump in. A real friend would say, hey, bro, I see a pattern in that girl's life that's not consistent with your character. And I'm afraid you jump into that, you're going to go down a path you don't want to go down. Real friends make you better. They stretch you. They push you in the right direction. They don't just make you feel better. They don't tell you what you want to hear. They tell you what you need to hear. And if if you don't have people around you, that are able to be honest with you, like real honest, not just your breast bad, but like, hey, I, I see a pattern in your life of sin or of destruction. Maybe it's because you're not approachable. We need people around us, around us pushing us. Proverbs, um, <clears throat> Proverbs tells us that iron sharpens iron. So uh, jump ahead. You got your Bible open. Jump ahead from chapter 18 to 23 as we pick up more of the story. Verse um, 15. It says, one day near Horish, David received the news that Saul was on the way to Ziph to search for him and kill him. Yep, it's still awkward. Jonathan went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. 
He didn't encourage him to leave. He didn't encourage him to, hey, bro, we can't be friends anymore. He encouraged him and strengthened his relationship with God. Don't be afraid, Jonathan reassured him. My father will never find you. You are going to be king of Israel, and I will be next to you, as my father Saul is well aware. So the two of them renewed their solemn pact before the Lord. Then Jonathan returned home while David stayed at Horish. Like, he's committed. He's in this thing. It's not just like a fair-weather friend. Hey, you're going through something that's kind of tricky. I'm just, I'm out. He stuck with him. He was committed to him. He's like, hey, even, it, my, my father's wrong, but what's, in, what's important in this is he's pointing David back to truth. David was still anointed to be the next king. Whether or not Saul was trying to kill him didn't change that. He kept reminding him of truth. Hey, bro, I know you're going through something really bad. I know home life seems chaotic, but God has not forgotten you. God has not left you or abandoned you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. He is with you in the middle of your valley. Bro, keep your eyes on Jesus. You need people to do that for you. You need people to continue to point you to truth despite what you see, despite what you're experiencing. All right, <clears throat> three last things and we'll wrap up. So what is your highest goal with friendship? Are you wanting to get better or just feel better? What's your highest goal? Is to get better, right? So three pursuits of good community. One, protect. Good community, good, godly, biblical friendships and community, there's a level of protection within it. They protect one another. All right, you got an assignment. <clears throat> I want you to go home, uh, and I want you to look up the battle at Kruger. If you haven't seen it, K-R-U-G-E-R. Um, if, if you can't look it up, talk to your parents about it. It's an it's a animal thing. All right, I'm going to briefly give you a synopsis, but you need to watch it. It's like eight minutes. Um, so it's, this, it's these uh, water buffalo that are out there. You may have seen it. And um, these lions are hanging out. And they go and they attack the water buffalo. They scatter and they find the, the calf, the baby, and they try to kill the baby. So if you love animals, I know, just have a, have a bar of chocolate nearby, okay? Something to cope with it. And, and uh, I'll spoil it for the people who love animals, all right? So this is like these five lions have pinned down baby buffalo. I know, I know. And... Um, and they're, they're dragging it down and it's, it's down by the water and they've got it pinned down and all these other buffalo are like, dude, what just happened? And it gets worse before it gets better. They're down by the water and all of a sudden crocodiles come. The lions are pulling the, the buffalo by the head and the neck and now there's like two or three crocodiles pulling the baby by the legs in the water. I'm like, bro, just, just you're donezo. Like it's just over. All of a sudden, lions, they, they muster their strength. They pull them out of the water. Crocodiles are still hungry. They swim away. But then, some mean, old, frustrated water buffalo come running over. The whole herd of them, there's like hundreds of them. And they get closer and closer. And then one breaks away. And he just gives that lion the horns, tosses them up in the air. Like, like a rag doll. Come on, I know. And then the other ones come and they start picking off, they start picking off these lions one by one. They got horns. They're like a giant hamburger on stilts. And they just, they just start picking off pretty soon. They, 
They knock off all the lions and the baby calf, he didn't die, he lives. And he, he comes back and all of a sudden, the buffalo, they just make a little opening. He goes this way and they stand back like, do something, right? But here's the deal. You need friends who are willing to lay down their lives to protect you. Not just physically, but to walk with you in all of life's seasons. People who are willing that when you go down a wrong path, that have the courage and the boldness to say, hey, bro, I love you, but you're acting a fool. Ever since you started this new friendship, you've been drifting further and further away from Jesus. And because I love you, I'm, I'm calling you out. You need people like that in your life that protect. There's this mutual level of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to bat for my friend. I'm going to protect. They need help. And here's the deal. Here's, here's, here's my little disclaimer. If you have a friend and they're not doing well, mentally, emotionally, physically, get help for them. And not just you, not just send them a verse a day, get actual help. If you're worried about what they may do themselves, you get somebody else involved. That's a real friend. Not worried that, oh, they're gonna be mad at me. No, no, no. If they're throwing around words like that, you get them help and you get them help immediately. That's the wisest and bravest thing you can do. All right? Promise me? Do it. All right. Second, I got five minutes. Praise. Praise. Three pursuits of God. Bless you. Protect. Praise. They praise and encourage one another. I know girls have a different way of, of, of encouraging one another as guys do. What up, idiot? Good to see you too. Oh, he likes me, <laughs> right? Right? It's like, I don't, I don't even, I'm not even gonna try to imitate how girls encourage one another, but um, uh, here's, a, <clears throat> here's a true test of your heart. You wanna know a test of your heart on how, whether or not you can do this well? When your friend or even just others around you, when they succeed, when they win, when they get blessed, when they have victories, what's your response? If your initial response is bitterness that they don't deserve it, if your initial response is like, well, she's just got rich parents. If your initial response is not celebrating with your friend, the problem's not with your friend, it's with you. You're letting bitterness hold back the praise and the encouragement and lifting other, up, lifting other people up that you should do. So a good indication of, of how well you do this is how well you celebrate other people. Hey, somebody makes a team, dude, you're celebrating with them. Regardless of whether you got cut or not. Hey, somebody else uh, get a good grade or they get accepted somewhere, or they do something awesome. You, you celebrate with them. You you. You praise them, but at the same time, there's also this mutual, hey, we're, we're going to focus our eyes on Jesus. Um, we praise the Lord. Do stuff together. Friendship should be boring. They should have some adventure. Not the adventure I talked about in the beginning. That's stupidity, okay? That's a, that's a no-fly zone. But adventure. Don't just sit around texting each other. Go outside, do something memorable. 
You don't remember what you saw in your newsfeed last week. No, you don't. You lie. <laughs> but you don't, you don't. Those things you don't remember, but you remember the memories that you make. You remember the fact in the summer you stayed up to one in the morning laughing about fart jokes all night long or whatever it was. Till your side hurt, right? Make memories with your friends. And lastly, purpose. Godly, the pursuits of godly community protect, praise, and purpose. Mark chapter two, you know, I'm gonna give us the cliff notes. Mark chapter two, um, there's this man who's paralyzed. You've heard this story before probably. Um, he had four friends that decided to pick up a corner of his mat and take him to Jesus. Because they knew that, hey, if, I, if we can get our friend to Jesus, then maybe he'll be healed. Maybe he'll encounter Jesus. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll, he'll, he'll understand who God is. And so they carry him for a really, really long time. They get to the house where Jesus is, and guess what? It's packed out. There's no more room. And instead of turning around, their inner southern redneck comes out, and they go up on the roof, remove part of the roof, get some rope and some duct tape, and lower their friend in in the middle of Jesus' like sermon, right? Okay, no one's doing that now, right? I'm not Jesus either. So, and, and right in the middle of everybody, it says that Jesus, he saw the man, and because of the four friends' faith, said, you're healed. Your sins are forgiven. Stand up and walk. And this dude, listen to me. His month wasn't better. His day wasn't better. His eternity was better because he had four friends that cared enough about him to do something about it. You're going back to school in a week and a half. I know. Now listen to me. All right, hold on. Shh. Listen to me. This is my challenge to you. This is my commission to you. Every class you step in, every person you pass by in the hall, there's going to be a lot of people that you get to know, that you meet, that don't have the hope of eternity with Jesus that you have. Are you willing to be a friend who does something about it? Are you willing to be a friend who invites, who invests, who prays, who fasts, who begs God to provide an opportunity for you to share your faith? Are you willing to do that? Because I believe we have stories like this, not just to bring about like some conviction of like, man, I got work to do, but for us to realize that the body of Christ, this right here, the church is made up of, of, of people who are old and young, who are athletic and not smart and not so smart, handsome and even handsomer. Like, like people who have the gifts of leadership or speaking or evangelism, God has given you a gift and he's put you in a place called the church for a reason. And the purpose of that gift, the purpose of your passions and your talents is guess what? It's not for you. It's for you to administer God's grace in its various forms to the world around you. 
So my suggestion to you is if you're not doing something with the gifts that God has entrusted you, this year, this school year, you start bringing a good return on God's investment into you and do something about it. Don't have to be weird about it, okay? You don't have to like bring your Bible to, to school and accidentally like trip and fall and knock it on their desk and hit them in the head. Be like, oh, my fault. It was just reading. No, don't be weird. <laughs> be real. Love people. Be kind to people. Be generous. Be loving. Be encouraging. Be supportive. Be protecting. Have purpose in your life. And point people to the King of Kings. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you and we thank you for this night. God, I thank you for each and every student that you have ordained and brought here tonight for, for a purpose, for a reason. God, nothing you do is by accident. God, I pray that as we move into the next school year, God, that we would have the privilege and honor of looking back a year from now and saying, wow, God, you did incredible things in me and through me. There are friends who I never thought would step foot in a church, but God, you gave me boldness and courage to invite them, to love them, to persist, to nag them to the point that they came. They heard the message of Jesus. They surrendered their life to you and now their eternity has changed. God, thank you for letting me witness that and be a part of their story. God, help us to be faithful friends, trustworthy friends, honest friends. And for some of the friends that are in our life that don't weigh up to any of those values, God, I pray you'd give us the courage to shorten the list and to eliminate the friendships and to distance ourselves from the friends that are carrying us in the wrong direction. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And it's in your mighty and holy name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. We love you guys. Hope to see you soon. Y'all have a great week. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Renovation Student Ministries podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.